This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Here we go. It's Tuesday. Hey, good afternoon and welcome. Great day for talk radio. It's well, back to school day, I guess it's a great day for a lot of parents, too. But you know what it is as well? It's kind of a, I don't know, a bittersweet time of the year. Uh, it's because, well, the end of summer is nigh. <sighs> Exhibitions come and gone. Had to say farewell to my white slacks for another season. Can't wear them after Labor Day. That would be a fashion faux pas. That's right up there, I guess, uh, with Drake wearing Hell's Angels regalia on his hoodie or something like that. You just can't be doing this kind of stuff. So, uh, anyway, he's getting blowback for that, by the way. We talked about that late last week on the program because he was pictured in some Instagram photo from a, a fellow rapper back in August. I guess he was wearing this stuff that's commercially available from the Hells Angels retail store. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to actually uh, maybe franchise those locations. I wonder what the prospects are of that. But still in all, this is uh, where Drake, as I say, getting the blowback from uh, the chief of police, head of the association, and Joe Warmington, who to my mind are the three top spokespeople for law enforcement in the city. So uh, <laughs> right, right then and there. Uh, and we'll talk about it too, because I mean, this is not without its consequence you know because a lot of people taking their cues from him as a role model and uh hell you know in this city this weekend it was not a good one a long weekend as much as we might have enjoyed the pleasant weather end of summer all the rest of that kids getting excited about going back to school yada yada you know there were five people gunned down three seriously injured gunfire was fairly prevalent in the city of Toronto, we're in the region, the GTA, over the weekend, the long holiday weekend, and uh, just trying to chronicle all of the shootings and the victims and so on and so forth. <laughs> I, you're going to need some kind of chart, you know, uh, because you can't do it just off the top of my head. It was like a raft of these things, obviously, and it started early, Friday morning, 5 o'clock, in the city's east end. 24-year-old man was killed, police looking for one male suspect in a getaway car. Then, Saturday, 3.40 in the morning, two guys get on a TTC streetcar near Spadina and King, and they stab the 24-year-old. They had an altercation, stabbed the dude, two suspects, wanted in connection with the attempted murder. Sunday, just before 2 a.m., violence in the city's east end. Rudolph Augustus Terrell, 30, of Toronto, was killed, a second man treated for gunshot wounds, police seeking one male suspect. Same night, Peel Region. Two deadly shootings involving three victims. This was in Brampton. A male and a female targeted sitting in the back of a taxi cab. The 27-year-old male victim died in hospital later. Female in stable condition as of yesterday. 6.30 in the morning Sunday, police called to the scene of a second shooting. This one again in Brampton. And a 33-year-old man pronounced dead at the scene. Police say a targeted shooting, and apparently this dude was uh, even posting something on his Facebook page prior to being shot about the female victim in the taxi cab. I mean, how do you follow this stuff? But there you go, this raft of shootings. Well, they've got a, a suspect, 27-year-old Patrick Doyle of Brampton, charged Monday two counts of first-degree murder, one count of attempted murder in connection with the shooting. 
It's not the end of it. Sunday evening, 615, shots at a waterfront park, Coronation Park here, just outside the exhibition. A father of three, his pregnant wife, the two kids, uh, well, father of two, I guess, his pregnant wife, uh, they were there. They were, I guess, holding a vigil or honoring some victim of a previous shooting nine years ago. Four dudes come up to this guy and gun him down. Now they're on the lam. I mean, seriously, folks, what the hell's going on? Mayor says there's no magic answer. We're just going to have to keep doing what we're doing. <clears throat> what? What is that? <laughs> That's never a good sign. Uh, it doesn't seem to be working, Mr. Mayor, but uh, he says more support for police, changes to the gun laws, investing in kids and families. We're doing a record amount. We need to do more. Well, either that or uh, it's just not working. Maybe there's still some stone that's left unturned. But nonetheless, we're going to talk about it a little later in the program, along with our panel after 520. Spider Jones is going to join us, community activist, and he's right there in the thick of things with some of these troubled youth. And uh, he has some really ear-to-the-ground types of ideas of what's going on. I think a lot of it has to do with the dissolution of the family and uh, all the rest of that. But uh, we'll speak to that issue because it's an ongoing festering sore, a scourge here upon an otherwise civil society. I think there are a lot of other reasons that we could cite. You know, when they took the school resource officers out, the quick score for money through the drugs, I don't know if in a month and change when we legalize marijuana, does anybody believe this will honestly deter a lot of the gun and gang activity? I think they'll just find other vice to peddle anyway. So it's like, you know, trying to plug your finger in the dike and then it springs a leak further down. So uh, these are some of the, the questions that continually confound us. But it's not getting any better. What are we up to now? Body count is 73 so far? I have to be honest. I have started to lose track. I'd have to go back, as you said, and, and you know, kind of map it all out and say, okay, where are we? What, you know, has happened? And there needs to be some more high-level things done or really dig down to the issues of the problems. And as you cited, you know, what is happening with youth that they are going down this path? And uh, maybe we'll get some insight, hopefully, from Spider Jones. As he said, he's been doing a lot of work in that area well he has and a lot of people can proffer their own opinions as to what should happen but uh we'll wait till you know mr jones joins us and uh you know something's happening but you don't know what it is do you mr jones it's just ballad of a thin man bob dylan sorry i love it when you sing i love it when you add i didn't sing i mean that was the point i didn't sing i was just reciting it as mere prose uh uh, all right let's (laughs) you know the other thing, you know, I was interested because Labor Day weekend is when labor's on the march. Yes, and, and they were. And they were, except they didn't cross the picket line at the CNE because the picketers are still, yes. And uh, this is where it gets kind of interesting because when you've got organized labor and uh, they've got grievances and things that uh, access to grind, none come to mind more readily than the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. Sam Hammond is their leader. He's going to join us after five o'clock. And I'm kind of curious because this is a story uh, that we knew was going to take root as the school year started. The sex ed curriculum that Doug Ford, his government decided, uh, was going to be revamped. They haven't yet come up with the replacement for the most current edition that was unveiled in 2015 under Kathleen Wynne. But they say they're uh, attempting to do so, come up with a new uh, curriculum after greater consultation with parents in all 124 writings. And so now uh, the Elementary Teachers Federation has taken the Ford government to court seeking an injunction to keep that 2015 curriculum intact. 
because they believe that it's more relevant to today's students and the teaching of uh, sex and health education. Now, uh, it's interesting because this is what their lawyer had to say. Or, no, Mr. Hammond, quite simply, Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario believes that the government's actions are an abuse of power and are in direct conflict with teachers' professional obligations enshrined within the Education Act and the standards of practice of the Ontario College of Teachers. Furthermore, the EFTO believes that the actions of the government are also in conflict with the Ontario Human Rights Code, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and the professional obligations on teachers as set out in the Education Act and the standards of practice of the Ontario College of Teachers. Well, boy, this is uh, where I'm starting to wonder who's got the ultimate authority over the kids. You see, the lawyer for the Elementary Teachers Federation, in taking this to court, said the Ford government's actions increased the risk of physical and sexual violence, transmission of sexually transmitted infections, cyberbullying, and online child exploitation. Their actions perpetuate substantive discrimination against diverse and minority students, parents, and members of society by excluding topics related to sexual identity, sexuality, same-sex marriage, and a myriad of other modern necessary matters that should be communicated in accordance with the professional judgment of the teachers. So they're saying it's all on the teachers. So parents, you're no longer sovereign. You've consigned your children's upbringing to the state, the social engineers, the educrats. For better, for worse, that's what they're claiming is in the Education Act, and that's the bargain you made. I'm going to open the lines and ask you if you believe that to be the case. Is this the implicit deal that you signed on to? As a parent, when you give your child over, and I mean, a lot of their waking hours are within a classroom. And so uh, it's not without consequence because, and this is where, you know, they have their parent-teacher nights and you get your say-so for, I don't know, the half-hour interview or whatever, and then they next. It's just basically a production line meeting with parents and everybody's on their best behavior, you know, and uh, Pop has gotten off the couch. He's got his clip-on tie and he's there for the meeting with the teacher and, you know, he's listening dutifully all the rest of this, and everybody's making nice. But the question remains whether you've signed on for this. Do you believe that these teachers have sovereignty and domain over your kids in this context? Is this what you believe to be the case? When your kids go through the portals of your school, the school, their school, uh, it's all on the teachers. And uh, this is what the, uh, the argument's coming from the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. Now, Doug Ford believes, if I'm reading it right, that parents should be more broadly consulted and have input into the matter, and that has not been settled. But the teachers' union is going to court to get an injunction, which means stopping where Ford is taking this and reverting to 2015. Let me open the lines. I'm just kind of curious. Uh there's also that issue about the so-called snitch line, uh, allowing parents to complain if the kid's teacher veered into subjects not covered by the previous version of the sex ed curriculum, the older 1998 version, if you will. Uh, we'll leave that for now. I'll pick it up with Mr. Hammond after 5 o'clock. Right now, I'm just I'm kind of curious because the study, uh, or there was a report that came out and said 50% of uh, the parents who have been surveyed actually uh, support what Ford is doing. So you, you can see that there's quite the cleft or the, there's a, a, a split here. And uh, so I just wanted to gauge how you feel about this idea, them going to court for better, for worse, 
But the deal that you sign on to when you give your kids over to the school, to the teachers, do you believe, and uh, the Education Act may say this, I haven't read it, but uh, you're really then, it's up to the teachers to make the determination of what's best for your kid. That's what they're saying. And uh, they're citing even charter rights along those lines.